Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. I'm here with two of my colleagues, uh, David Tainter and hey. Allegra Kirkland. Hey, Hey, how are you? Doing well. Okay, well, you know, we're going to talk about... One of the the big news items this week is something that didn't happen. We've had this ongoing scandal with uh, Governor Greitens of Missouri. That's it's it's kind of a classic TPM story. I mean, for those of you who 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 are listening and think we're just about the Trump Russia story, TPM goes way way <laughs> back. With with I mean, scandal is kind of one of our things, and this is like a a a horrifyingly TPM like story, and that just all sorts of just crazy shit and corruption and really awful things and lying and all, all the rest of it. Uh, let's let we let we'll shift gear to something a little different before we talk about that. And we're going to also talk about Michael Avenetti, one time uh, Josh Marshall podcast guest. That's and, right. And, and catch Come, you up to date on yeah. the Trump Russia story. Hopefully not his only time. On the yeah, podcast. well, we'll, we'll keep it. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll keep things calm. Exactly. So, so he does. We don't scare him off. Right. Anyway. Uh, David, order fresh Grady's cold brew directly to your home office or campaign call center. Can, oh, you, wow. can you agree on that? Yeah. I mean, we do. We, we have we have Grady's here. <laughs> Drink it straight. Mix it. Mix in your favorite milk or add some vodka for the ultimate white Russian. Or add some Trump vodka for the <laughs> ultimate White House Russian. Ooh. This is like actually in the copy. Yeah, I'm not, we should I'm not like ad libbing this. This is like this is like legit. We should mix some of these up. Yeah, Grady's cold brew, uh, edgy Trump Russia <laughs> ad copy. Grady's famous chicory-infused brew is always ready to pour straight from your fridge. Try try out the Grady's cold brew kit and get 36 cups of iced coffee for only 30 bucks. And they ship worldwide. Didn't we have someone? There was like a that's right. Yeah. There's a, a TPM reader in Poland yeah, who was right. like, "Can can we get hooked up on this?" So apparently, yep. it really is worldwide. People ready to give it a swirl? Get 20 percent off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. I think Allegra can vouch for the TPM staff's total conversion to Grady's cold brew right i mean yeah. it's not just josh and i you can yeah, take totally. take yeah, allegra's yeah. word it's, for it, it it's taken over our it's entire totally. office fridge is now just boxes <laughs> yeah, on we, boxes well, of i was Grady's. actually i was actually talking to our executive publisher this morning that we have to buy like a second fridge now mm-hmm. because Great, what Grady's literally fridge. one whole fridge is is, <laughs> is dedicated to yeah. uh, grady's uh cold brew iced coffee they should like pick up the tab for the fridge <laughs> they're responsible for this we have to talk about that in in the uh in uh in, in, in the in the business negotiations Absolutely. that we have like confidentially on the side. Anyway, uh, thank you for being with us this, uh, today on the Josh Marshall podcast. Um, we are going to talk about Trump and Russia and Avenatti and Stormy Daniels and all that stuff in, in a little bit. But first, we had a big surprise yesterday that was not just a big news surprise, a big surprise for us here at TPM, mm-hmm. because Allegra, uh, one of our reporters in the New York office, was going to uh, travel to Missouri to cover the Eric Greitens trial. And then out of the blue, the charges 
were dismissed. And it seems like they may come back. But tell what happened yesterday, Allegra? We were in the middle of jury selection for Greitens trial, which had been pushed back because it's hard to find people in Missouri who don't know about the allegations right. against the governor, which, in case any of our listeners don't know, in brief, he's accused of blackmailing this woman who was his former hairdresser who he was engaged in this affair with before running for office. It's a pretty messy story. He basically is accused of tying her up in his basement and ripping part of her clothes off, taking a picture and threatening if she ever talks about you know, their liaison, he will spread the photo everywhere. So as described by her, it is pretty classic, like, you know, bad stuff. situation. Yeah. yeah. So um, he doesn't come off as a good guy. No, no. So, okay. so, you know, jury selection was going on. The, the, the St. Louis uh, circuit attorney, the prosecutor had, had brought this felony invasion of privacy charge against him for this incident. Um, and everything was, you know, trucking along smoothly. I was supposed to fly out this afternoon, actually, for the trial, uh, which was set to start on Wednesday with opening statements. And all of a sudden, the, the case was dropped. The prosecutor decided to drop the charge. The reason she gave, basically, was that the, the prosecution has made some fumbles throughout the process. And Grayton's team has consistently said, you know, they're not doing this fairly. And their investigators have, you know, not given us the evidence we need in a timely fashion. They're sort of making it hard for us. They're, this case is tainted from the start. And then, so they basically convinced the judge that the lead prosecutor needed to be a witness in the case that she was prosecuting. And she would have to take a stand and sort of, you know, and, and she basically said, this is an untenable situation. I can't be a witness and try the case at the same time. I'm just going to drop the charge. Yeah, let me just ask you one question about that. Because I know in the article you wrote yesterday, I mean, in order to call a prosecutor as a witness, you need to make a pretty compelling argument that they, I don't know, that it's important that they're on the stand, right? And so the judge allowed that to go forward. Is that right? right? So how does, I mean, what was the case that he was making exactly? The prosecutor said that this is an unprecedented move on the judge's part. Apparently, this does happen on occasion. It is quite rare. But their argument was basically that this woman, Kim Gardner, sort of knew that one of her investigators had perjured himself. Uh, and so she was, you know, she was a witness to that perjury, and it, that's all pertinent to their case. Now, is that, was that investigator taken off the case? Is it is it accepted that he did perjure himself? Pretty much. Basically, okay. Greitens' team asked them to, you know, retake a deposition with him, and he pleaded the fifth. So oh, and that's not good. It's not right, good. Right, and, right. they, you know, Gardner's office has said, you know, we were wrong to rely so heavily on this one guy. So let um, me ask you this. Is there – so she is in – the office is basically sort of like the St. Louis district attorney, even if it doesn't have that title. Right, pretty much. So is – the, the the person who runs that office, is there any question, like, is that person a Democrat or is there, is there oh, a Oh, she's politi- a Democrat. Okay. That, that is, so, that's, so that's the over, that's the sort of the overarching issue here. That is how, okay. that is, I mean, it's tricky. I mean, having partisan prosecutors is tricky for right. exactly all right. this reason. Right. But, I mean, from the very beginning, Greitens has made this out to be a partisan political witch hunt and this woman Kim Gardner is coming after me because she's a Democrat and the Missouri GOP at first when this all broke back in January released a statement saying you know this Soros funded prosecutor is out to get me and all that sort of thing and you know is she she both she's the head of the office and the prosecutors is the same person okay Kim Gardner's mm -hmm, Kim Gardner's got it okay but you know of course other many in the Missouri GOP have already have, cut cut him loose. So, yeah, and, yeah. And that's and that, but that has basically the political side of this has moved a lot since the, that that initial, uh, you know, when this when this first got started. I mean, they were even like 
at least okayed like discussions of having a debate to like impeach him. Right. That, that, Absolutely. Okay. That's that's so, so this is all that's all still going on. Basically, what happened yesterday after we learned this news, you know, Greitens went out on the courthouse steps and gave this speech about how he was, you know, as he'd been proven innocent and it was a great victory and he's a changed man and it was a very humbling experience, etc. But this is very, very far from over. Um, Gardner's, it's, it's sort of unclear exactly how much Gardner's office can be involved in what happens next. They say they want to seek a special prosecutor to refile the charge. It's the, It could be pursuing it again as a felony, maybe doing it as a misdemeanor because if it's a misdemeanor, they don't need to prove that he tried to like transmit the photo he took on his phone, which is relevant to the statute they're you know using uh, under Missouri law. Uh, they also have the second charge pending that Gardner's office also brought on recommendations, um, evidence that was gathered by Republican Attorney General Josh Hawley uh, related to f- basically it's a felony computer tampering charge. So that's a whole separate. Right. So a whole. So a separate. A, a is that the one using the nonprofit? Yep. And that, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's more like a, a somewhat more a somewhat more con- conventional uh, political crime as yeah. opposed to like re- trying to threatening revenge porn against your mistress or something. Absolutely. Like, okay. But so, that's still floating out there. And then the Missouri House convened this uh, special committee to investigate all the allegations against Greitens. They have to date released two reports: one on the blackmail allegations, one on the the, the, the donor list conventional political crime, right? And they're pretty damning. I mean, they have ton. They have testimony. They have all the stuff you would find in a criminal case. It's just you know, um, a political investigation versus a criminal one. And I guess the the other issue here is that the attorney general Josh Hawley, who mm-hmm. you just mentioned, mm-hmm. is also running for Senate. Yes. Against, or I guess he doesn't actually have the nomination yet, but he's sort of like the establishment, like um, inside track. Mm-hmm person who who is probably going to run as a Republican against Claire McCaskill. Yep. So all of this is sort of swirling. Now, let's let's come back to this, because one thing that has come up a lot, and you wrote a, a, a prime piece about this, mm-hmm. is that the actual case, not just like the legal case, legal guilt, mm-hmm. but the actual facts of what happened with this woman he was having the affair with, whether a picture was taken, even that is there's like real que- so walk us through that like there is even some question of like was a picture ever taken which obviously is a pretty big deal if that's the crime we're talking about definitely so the statute in question is um to bring it as a felony basically requires that a photo is taken uh a nude photo or video or whatever and that someone in a way that it can be accessed by a computer um so Nobody has ever seen the alleged photo at the center of this entire scandal. The woman says basically she was, you know, tied up in the basement with a blindfold on and she saw, you know, a flash go off through the blindfold. She heard a clicking sound like that iPhone shutter click. Um, And then she heard Greitens say, you know, this photo will be everywhere if you ever talk about this. So and and, and subsequently he's he apparently told her, um, that you know that that he I deleted the, photo. the fo- that he oh, deleted the photo because oh, okay, okay. you know she was really upset about this right. whole thing, and he said you know it's deleted. So so he he at least led her to believe that a photo existed allegedly in her version of events. Has has it ever come up in in any of the investigations whether I mean I would think if you had that iPhone it would be possible even if it were deleted right. to like retrieve it. Has yep. that come up? Yep. So they actually managed to you know they they asked the judge and got permission to search his phone, search his uh, you know cloud data to see if there was anything there. They found no evidence of it. So admittedly, 
pretty weird. I mean, it doesn't mean it didn't happen, but right. you know, it's well. I guess it's, it's conceivable that she thought. I mean, he told her right. it happened. He could have just been it just lied, and so yeah. she thinks it happened, but it actually didn't happen. Right. Um. So it's a, and and that is not great for the prosecutors. No. So it would have been quite a hard case to prove to for me. You know, from the get go. So is, is there any? Is, is there? Obviously, as a political matter, the fact that he was having an affair is a problem for him. Is there anything else that came out of that affair beyond allegedly taking this photograph and threatening her with, you know, blackmailing her that is criminally significant or really all comes down to that photo and whether he was threatening her with it? Well, I mean, as I said, it could be a misdemeanor without, you know— there being evidence that he transmitted it, still. But he would still have had to. But the, the right, they would have had to. They would still have some to photo thing people. would have had yes. to have happened. Yes. Right, right. And right. then I mean, so this is actually something that came out in the Missouri House uh, investigation. They released testimony, incredibly jarring, um, awful testimony that the woman gave about basically being a sexually assaulted sort of right. or coerced into sexual activity by Graytons. I don't know how they exactly characterized it. Um, and so people have suggested they could do you know, bring sexual assault charges. Is, but I think that's pretty hard, too, because it's just the woman's account. And I don't know if there's any corroborating sort of evidence And is it is, is there a statute of limitations issue there? It, it's all sort of wrapping up, like, okay. in the next month or oh, something. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So now, so now tell us about there's this completely separate issue mm-hmm. of a – well, you tell us. What is the other crime that he had that he'd been charged with? So this has actually been, you know, sort of like floating around in the Missouri press for a long time and the national news, too. Um, but basically, before he start, ran for office, Greitens, you know, was this very, you know, well-known. He's, he's yeah. a Navy SEAL. He uh, was a Rhodes Scholar. He And he wrote, you know, wrote all these books about him and stuff about his, you know, exploits and all that stuff. Um, and back in, I believe... This was all 2014. He founded this this veterans charity um, called The Mission Continues uh, to sort of, you know, work with vets, help them reassimilate civilian life, that sort of thing. And apparently, you know, once he started gearing up to run for governor, he left the charity and just to, you know, not leave of absence or something. Exactly. Like that, yeah. Right. And um, at some point, apparently, he is alleged to have directed his subordinates to to basically get a hold of this donor list that the charity kept of sort of like big money donors and bring it over to who, to his 2016 gubernatorial campaign. And he used that to fundraise. And this all came to light actually back in 2016, I think, because when, you know, before he even got elected, because the AP noticed there were a lot of overlap between donors to his charity and to his campaign. Uh, and, you know, Greitens denied having any role in it whatsoever. But eventually, you know, the Democrats filed with the State Ethics Commission and filed a complaint and investigation, you know, ensued. And he ultimately ended up saying, fine, fine, I got it as an in-kind contribution um, from a campaign staffer. They paid this really paltry, like $100 fine. That was it. And, and then when these new allegations... When the, when the, the, the sex scandal part of it came up, right. then... Then Holly sort of started digging around again into this whole situation with the mission continues and ultimately decided he had the evidence to make a criminal referral to Gardner's office. A separate uh, indictment of of the governor, sitting Mm -hmm. governor. So basically, okay, so basically with the, let's call it the non-sex indictment, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that uh, this was stuff that was largely known during the 2016 campaign and 
it got another look after this scandal came up and the Republican attorney general, who's also running for Senate, decided either maybe out of political convenience or because he found new information that there was a case, referred it to the uh, Democrat uh, DA, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, even if that's not the official title in Mm -hmm. Missouri. Um, uh, and, and, and she brought charges. So those yep. are the second charges. Okay. Yep. So we have all that. How, um, so does, does the, does the, uh, prosecutor in, in St. Louis getting sort of tossed out on the sex scandal side of this, how does that affect the other case? That hasn't quite all shaken out just yet. Um, I think, Greitens' team has basically said, you know, everything she touches is, is yeah. poison, and no, right. no, we can't go there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, Gardner's office has yet to decide like what sort of happens with that. I don't know if, if it, it, that could also be referred to a special prosecutor. Now, let me ask you this: so when 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 the the St. Louis prosecutor said yesterday, like, all right, we're going to dismiss charges. We need a special prosecutor in here. That person will bring charges again. Was that? Does she have any reason to believe that's going to happen, or who would even, who would even do that? Does the governor? I mean, normally, often a governor has to do that. Presumably, he's not going <laughs> to be running, yeah. you know, jumping at the opportunity to to appoint one. So, what's the, what's the story there? Can it happen? Yeah, it can happen. All I've seen, basically, I mean, you know, I think other counties, other law enforcement officials in the state have been following this all very closely. You know, they they, I think people have sort of decided it's unlikely they'll pursue this felony invasion of privacy charge again just because it was a hard It sounds like it was already uh, a marginal. Yeah. But I have seen that, you know, a special prosecutor appointed by a judge could, probably from a different county, uh, would, could pursue this. Okay. Um, Okay. So while this has all been happening, um, I mean, it was almost like a few weeks ago, a month ago, it was almost being treated as bizarre that he was not resigning yet with all this stuff happening. Mm -hmm. So is... Where is he politically? And wasn't there a move in the state legislature, which I believe is controlled by Republicans, to impeach him? So what's the status of that? Right. So, yeah, I'd say at at first, you know, people were – a couple people were coming out, even some Republicans saying this is bad from the beginning. It was really when the the House report first dropped, the one about the blackmail, where the woman describes, you know, graphic sort of – coerced sexual assault, she or coerced sexual activity. She describes like uh, him hitting her on multiple occasions and just that in in really, really just graphic detail. And that was when a lot of people, I think both from the Senate and the House, that was when those was leaders really came them, out right. and said, regardless of what, you know, happens in court, this is you don't you lost our faith in you and, right. and the ability to right. like have the moral authority to lead the state. Um and so, yeah, so they are continuing to investigate basically what happened with the special session, which is supposed to begin at 6.30 p.m. this Friday um, at the very end of their regular legislative session. Okay. Um, what's been described to me by by sort of legislative aides there is that it's a way to buy the committee more time to continue their work. Okay. And at the end of their investigation, they'll you know release a report with recommendations that could include impeachment, and then there'll be a vote on whether or not it happens. But – we haven't even gotten into this in our coverage yet because it's, so, it's so messy, but apparently Missouri impeachment proceedings are a whole crazy can of worms. Okay. Like it starts in the House and then there's judge, judges involved and it's this whole protracted process that could drag on for months. But so. it sounds like 
there's it can't start until this invest this mm-hmm. legislative investigation comes concludes. to a c- yeah. concludes yeah. right okay yeah. and and that and and basically they will they're going to do that through the end of this session which is through Friday and then they'll get like a bonus session or special session <laughs> yeah it's a 30 day special session to, to do that all right yep. so yep. the political part of that just keeps going forward do we have a sense of um like kind of poll numbers like is does he still have support in the state or is he just kind of bottom he's underwater um he's yeah he's one would hope so yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, i just really it's the the question i feel like a lot of people have is just what is he getting out of this at this point i mean everybody in your party wants you gone for the most part not everybody there's some you know low-level lawmakers who are still like you know let's see what happens and he deserves his day in court and all that but I don't, I don't know what he's what he's after here. Well, I guess at a, at a certain point, I mean, if you're so your what, reputation, he's what is it in his mid forties, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, so he's a he was a career military, or you know, some significant period of time in the military. Gets out of that, he's a big star. Um, I know that before this happened, national Republicans were seeing. I mean, he's also Jewish, which mm-hmm. kind of you know get, makes him stand out a bit in a in a. In a in a good way to some people, sure. I guess, as as a uh, as as a Republican, so he kind of like sky's the limit, and now presumably he's not going to ascend further in the political hierarchy. But you know, I, I can kind of see that at a certain level, resigning is pretty like that's a that's a tough like. It seems you know, unlikely. He, sentence. It seems unlikely he'll serve any more than one term, right? I mean. So I guess I maybe this this is it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's hard to see what would what would uh, what would come out. Right. I mean, I guess that there's. I mean, look, we have a president who like has basically. I mean, the picture taking hasn't come, but I mean, stuff that is like no no less shocking that the current president has has. So I mean, you know, anything's possible. Uh, but that but but he but he he. He certainly wasn't never Trump, but he wasn't kind of in that Trump. No, he was. A, he was model. totally modeled himself in the Trump. Oh, really? Uh, you know. Okay, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't quite get that. Well, you learn something new every day. All right. So let's. Okay. So now we have. You have this other piece up today about Michael Avenatti, and tell us about that. What What's the What are, What are we What are What What was that story about? This one I'm, I'm wary of because I don't want our readers or, or Avenatti to take it the wrong way. I just think in the last week or so. Yeah. Well, he's up the ante. He's like. Yeah. He's yeah. just sort of, you know, we're now uh, before he was. He's obviously killer at keeping what he wants to be in the news in the news. And, you know, they were releasing that composite photo of Stormy Daniel. The guy allegedly threatened Stormy Daniels. And they were, you know, just having new details come out every day. In the last week, it's been a whole new kind of set of revelations. You mean, as our readers well know, you know, there was, he got a hold of Cohen's financial records somehow. Some records, some, some shard of part the, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, show these, these corporate payments to Cohen um, for huge sums of money. And then he sort of was on Sunday, tweeted out this photo of uh, Cohen who appeared to be in the elevator of Trump tower with this Kantari investor who's uh, accused of sort of blackmailing I don't even know how this whole well, t- thing okay so here, so out. here's my question so there's you know who knows what I mean I believe someone threatened stormy I mean I have no I know no more about this than anybody listening does but like you know I I don't just I assume that happened um I think a lot of people had a certain you know with the with the uh police sketch kind of thing like 
Like, all right, you're kind of milking this. Like, you know, who knows? Whatever. Right, it was like 2011, right? So it's been years. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I think yeah. anybody would have, a, you know, some hard time, you know, having a, a, vi- a visual memory of a face. And then there was this kind of bizarre, you know, product of our investigation to date and Michael Cohen's bank transactions. And it all seemed very weird. And then it turned out to be true, like totally true, (laughs) at least to the major payments. So like as weird as it was, it was like totally validated. Um, But with this thing with the Qatari guy, I'm a little unclear. It just they're getting into an elevator together with a bunch of other people. Like what is does that even mean anything? To me it just seems like yeah, Michael Avenatti's trying to stir the pot, right? Yeah. He's good at doing that. I mean he's on TV every other hour. Um you know, he's he has an interest in keeping the story going and I think maybe it's just sort of supposed to demonstrate, yeah, Cohen's a shady guy, like, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um Well I guess I guess my 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 thought on this one was one can see it from from one perspective of they released these, you know, somehow they got these bank records. I don't think it was like a major investigation. Someone leaked them something, which is totally, you know, that's how it works. They can't, it turned out to be totally validated and, and totally turbocharged the story. And I guess some people might might wonder, like, that went so well. Now are they kind of going for, like, totally, like iffy stuff and and because because again i i don't know you know with the qatari thing like the elevator thing doesn't doesn't seem like it means a lot right to me. and I mean, it's kind of like what you wrote allegra i mean what does this have to do with the story of daniel's case right i mean the michael cohen financial transactions sure that makes sense it's part of the same llc that that right. facilitated the payment against her but like what does this have to do with i guess you my, know my question going into that piece was sort of just how does how does Avenatti see this as helpful to his case? Is he right. just basically trying to show what a you know shady guy Cohen is or what? And you know, I, he talked to me a little bit about this on the phone yesterday, but it was kind of so like, what I don't want to reveal my legal strategy. Right. But, right. Um, well, did you get a but, sense that he? Well, what was your sense from talking to him? I mean, even yeah, though but, he's going to keep think, it. Yeah. Like it's that it's it's what we all would suspect, and he sort of got into this also on MSNBC yesterday afternoon, saying you know, if we get damaging information on Cohen, we're going to release it. It's in it's in the public interest. People want to know this stuff. He's involved in the case with my client and like, whatever, like, what is it? What's the harm done? And, you know, fine, fair enough. I just think people are sort of wondering, like, what's the end game here? What? Who's feeding him stuff? Like, it's, right. it's you know, there are legitimate questions about like, what what's really going on here? And when are well, we going to know? Is, is, is the idea that has he lost track of the interests of his client as, a, yeah, as opposed to sort of like the larger... Frankly, everyone legal. who's following this, I don't think, really cares that much about Stormy Daniels' defamation thing. They care about right. seeing what happens with Cohen. Well, um, I guess it's also, I mean, isn't it? So there's the defamation suit, but there's also her needing to get out of the, arb- I mean, everybody forgets about the right. original arbitration suit, mm-hmm. which I guess is still, that's still current. I mean, mm-hmm. she's not, I mean, in theory, she's like. It's like a million dollars in damages yeah, per, per violation. Yeah, per right. word or whatever right. like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks they're going to be collecting anytime soon on right. that. But And I was just, I was just sort of was wondering, like, at what point does this, you know, I think this is, his strategy has been working in ACEs so far, but like, could it stop? working if if he sort of goes too far in, in any particular way and one one way I thought that might come up and other the legal experts I spoke to sort of made this point um, is that he's trying to become an intervener in this case in the Southern District right because he's you know involving the search warrants executed on Cohen's premises and they basically say you know some of those seized documents 
probably relate to my clients. So we deserved, you know, we're an interested party in this case. The judge hasn't yet ruled on that. Cohen's lawyers are basically saying, look at, you know, look at this guy's releasing information about our client. This is super inappropriate. He shouldn't be allowed to be an intervener. Uh, I mean, Avenatti filed his own response saying, you know, this is my first amendment right and I can do whatever the hell I want right, basically. Right. Um, so the next, we're not, we're not going to find out till I assume next Thursday's uh, status conference hearing what the judge wants to do on that. But I mean, you know, the judge in the Manafort case imposed a gag order because right. she, this doesn't, you know, in the middle of an ongoing criminal matter, having people spouting off on TV can be kind so of, So the idea they can know, just say like, messy. he's a showboater. He's not really acting as an attorney in good faith. He's, he's getting publicity. Right. Ergo, like, it gives it, yeah. it gives them fuel to make that argument. I would right, say, you know, right, right. not you know. Yeah, I'm wondering if you guys. Here. Yeah, I'm wondering if you guys think, you know, Avenatti's strategy in some ways like it's good for his business, right? I mean, like, I mean, there's no question that like he's now like one of the most well-known, well-known attorneys, attorneys in, in the, the country. World, yeah. <laughs> so like, and and I would say like un, like there 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 have been. Over the decades, there are a lot of times when you have a high-profile client, the attorney gets really famous. But often that's just because they're the attorney for the high-profile thing. I would say, kind of in his in on you know uh, speaking his part here, he's done a lot with a case that he didn't you know didn't have a great deal to work with. I mean, it, it's a case where I think you could a lot of people could look at what he's done and say, "Wow, I'd like to get that guy." You know, advocating my case. Normally, I, I guess his 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 main business is like class action lawsuits. So he is he has demonstrated, even if um, even if it may not look great to some people, he has demonstrated a real mastery of the media side of legal work and and, and aggressive sure. legal work. So it definitely helps him that way. I mean, I guess I would also say that that the more uh, what I have been what I have been amazed by this, you know, Stormy Daniels, Michael Avenatti, you know, chapter of the Trump-Russia story, as it were, is that it's a classic example of their aggressiveness has not only kept them on TV, but kept forcing a series of errors, and those errors have compounded themselves. So, like, you know... uh, when Trump said, yep, he's my lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then a little, you know, a little later when, when they're making more of a stink, it's like, nope, barely heard of him. He mm-hmm. de- almost, you know, so all these things, it's just. Everything Giuliani said. Yeah. I mean, just all of these things, they're all embarrassing. And, and some of them have real legal consequence about, about, you know, sort of yeah, assertions was it, of facts. Was it Trump on Fox and Friends saying Michael Cohen represented me in this crazy Stormy Daniels was, deal, yeah. and that ended up in a court filing well, like hours even, later. And even even if I mean, it seems like ancient history now, even though it's probably only like eight or nine weeks. But there was that there was that press briefing with Sarah Sanders, where for two or three days she had been saying, you know, uh, doesn't have anything to do with this. You know, this case out in California, outside counsel, blah, and. And then a few days in, she said, in this kind of like fatal moment, she said, I can add that it's been decided in the president's favor, which gave which gave the Washington press the opening. What, what was obvious? Of course, it's about him. It's about it's about whether he slept with this woman. Right. So obviously it's about him. But until until, you know someone speaking on behalf of the president had said that everybody had to and that was entirely because 
Avenatti was just hitting it every day and taking what I mean, he wasn't even actually allowed to do that. It's a it's a um, it's a confidential proceeding. But he just had the uh, the sort of the extra legal insight to say, like, we're not going to worry about that. We're just going to kind of do it and and let the chips fall where they may. So, I mean, I, you know, Michael, come back on the Josh Marshall podcast. <laughs> we're saying you're awesome. I mean, in the, in this case, though, he has he has just played that hand really, really well. There's no there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- what was d- d- what was uh, when you when you talked, did you get any other insights about what's kind of coming next from him or I guess we just have to turn on keep the keep the cable shows running I mean he wouldn't be doing such a good job if he was uh, leaving a trail for people to follow yeah, he's I just guess, gonna I guess. tweet something out two days from now and yeah I guess that's right I mean, it doesn't surprise me that people are leaking stuff to him I mean no and that's what he said he said on you know Anderson Cooper because of course people I, I think he's he's getting more flack especially in like conservative press in the last couple days and and he's like well, I'm on TV all the time because it's working and everyone's sending me stuff. What, well, wasn't there, isn't there this thing now that, that there's, there's this whole the, – the Daily Caller thing, is that about the stuff in, in Seattle mm-hmm. or up in Washington State? Yep. With like, Somehow he is involved, was involved as an owner in some coffee, regional coffee chain, uh, like kind of Starbucks-esque coffee chain up in – and it get, you know, kind of went bankrupt or is going bankrupt – um, that has, I guess that was a local, I'm not sure a scandal, but a local story even before he became a national figure. And now the conservative press is sort of looking, looking into, into it. his background a bit. Right. And he, and he had this thing where he, he threatened to, um, to sue those guys, sue the daily caller for yeah. like defamation or libel or something like that. Um, I mean, daily caller guys are like, like complete liars and slime balls, basically. But what, what is he thinking? Thinking he's going to like sue them for? Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen. I mean, you know, it's not and a it yeah, it's I mean, not a great look, especially for someone who relies on journalists and the media to advance his case or give him a platform to to kind of argue the case. So yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. All right. So uh, Allegra, is there anything? I feel like we've had this. We've had a rare like day or two without major revelations on either Russia or. Uh, the Michael Cohen fronts. I mean, we had this thing today with Mueller about um, statute limitations on on Manafort, but I mean, that's like a pretty technical, mm-hmm. a pretty technical thing. Am I, am I missing something? I mean, we had that piece over the weekend from the Journal, sort of like Michael Cohen is sort of like sad sack influence peddler, <laughs> like you know Uber turning him right. down and <laughs> laughing at him and Ford, stuff like I this. Ford, I think also saying Ford, no to him. yeah, yeah. Um, I still don't think we've heard the full story no, on that. No, 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 no. But I anything, I, it's been pretty quiet. I mean, it's it's uh, we've had a rare respite. I feel like. Be afraid. Be yeah, afraid. I mean, we're coming. We're coming up on the one year anniversary of Mueller being named special what is, counsel. What is the official date? You know? Thursday. Thursday. It's the one year. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we can maybe we'll do a special, a special um, Mueller anniversary retrospective. Uh, yeah, extra <laughs> on, on that. Well, yeah. You know what I? What I think? What people are thinking about is we. Sh- we should go back and look at um, a month or maybe six weeks ago. There were a series of stories where Mueller has apparently telegraphed with some specificity to Trump's team that they are planning on doing a series of reports. Um, and one of those is going to be as soon as like in June. And that so the idea is the first one will be about whether the president obstructed justice. So there's a, a kind of a stack of things that may be coming during the summer, like 
before the, the anything wraps up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it Rosenstein who decides if those reports are released publicly or not? Correct. Okay. He the way the way this works is the uh, the special counsel submits a report. I think the assumption is because it would it would everybody would go interest. yeah and everybody it's would go insane if it, if it was but yes that is a hundred percent true and it, it would leak immediately otherwise yeah, exactly. right I mean um I don't know or is about that kind that. of thing kept on that's, pretty tight I mean lock and key yeah I mean that's something that I'm not so sure that would leak mm. I mean maybe maybe like parts of it or like, details yeah or maybe details of it but that's sort of like a I mean. It's not going to leak from the special counsel's right. office. True, um, And I think that's something that they're not going to send that over like Gmail, right, <laughs> to, the, to, to Rosenstein. So right. I would not I, – I, certainly I would think that, that some details may come out. And, and I have no doubt that um, to the extent that Mueller renders a judgment about whether the president obstructed justice, I'm sure that would kind of leaked out. But, but – um, the whole thing, it's not going to just get posted somewhere like a steel dossier kind of thing. Right. Um, but I also think it would be it would be close to untenable for Rosenstein Rosenstein not to release that. So I would assume so that so there's a lot lot potentially coming there. Um, anyway, uh, good update. I, I'm sorry. Have you ever been to Missouri? Uh, I have. I, I went in college, but I was I was looking forward to checking uh, out St. That's Louis. Your home, that's your home state, isn't it? It's Josh? where I was born. Yeah, and I lived there till I was six years old. So yeah, my my whole family. I've been to Kansas Missouri. City. That's about all. But yeah, yeah. I was I was uh, born in what was then Barnes Hospital. I think it's Barnes Jewish Hospital in, in St. Louis. So anyway, big shout out to our uh, our Missouri listenership. Um, anyway, let me let me mention one more thing. Get twenty percent off your first order at Grady's That's Grady's with promo code. TPM. That's promo code TPM. Grady's Cold Brew, sponsor of the Josh Marshall Podcast. We appreciate it so much. And uh, Allegra, thanks for the update. All right. Talk to you guys. All thanks, right. Guys. Talk Bye. to you next week. <laughs>